everybody, and welcome to RV Miles, your home for RV and camping news, reviews, travel guides, and more. I'm Jason. And I'm Abby, and this is episode 48 of the RV Miles podcast. To get today's show notes, head over to rvmiles.com slash podcast. You can also keep up with RV Miles on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you'd like to follow Jason and I as we travel around, we are over at ourwanderingfamily.com, and we are also on YouTube, Pinterest, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We have a jam-packed episode this week full of a lot of fun stuff. We're going to talk about beating the heat. It's pretty hot outside Keeping here cool. where we are in Kansas City right now. Uh, <laughs> We've been under a heat advisory since Wednesday. So today is Friday morning. We're recording the podcast a little late this week. It is Friday morning. We've been under a heat advisory since Wednesday. It does not expire until tomorrow night. So we're going to talk about staying cool in your RV. A lot of tips to to keep the heat down inside. We're going to do a whole segment, an entire segment on s'mores. This might sound completely ridiculous. And when Jason first proposed it, I was like, oh, get out of town. We can't talk about s'mores for an entire segment. Then we started talking about s'mores and we talked about s'mores for an entire segment in the car. So we thought, okay, well, if we can just sit here and, you know, chatter on about s'mores, why not do it on the podcast with everybody else? Plus, we got a whole lot of news and a great app recommendation. But first, this episode is sponsored by Boondockers Welcome. Built by RVers for RVers, Boondockers Welcome offers a unique and inspiring way to travel, connecting you, the RVer, with welcoming local hosts that have overnight RV parking to spare. Boondockers Welcome is built on the spirit that kindness and generosity abound. They sure are. And for only $30 a year, you too can arrange as many stays as you like to pass the night with those who love the RV lifestyle as much as you do. And best of all, Boondockers Welcome is offering RV Miles listeners 10% off an annual guest privilege subscription with coupon code RV Miles. That's $30 for an entire year. You are going to get 10% off with the coupon code RV Miles, all one word. Head over to boondockerswelcome.com to start your subscription today or click on the link in the show notes. I know there there are, believe it or not, some people that are boondocking out there in, in this very hot heat and probably with boondockers welcome and maybe they can follow some of our tips later in the show to keep cool. I tip my imaginary hat to them right if, now. If you can't Ooh. use your air conditioner right now, man. Sorry. <laughs> this is a discussion actually Jason and I have had recently. I don't mind the heat. I actually really love summer and I really love the heat. And my favorite time to go out for a run or a walk is when it's really, really hot outside. I love it. What I don't like (laughs) is being stuck inside a small space where the heat becomes to feel oppressive. Being outside in this weather right now is glorious. You're just strange. Sorry. No, (laughs) no, no. I love it. I love it. And you know what? I put something up on Instagram earlier this week and other people feel the same way as well. They love it too. Summer is here to stay. Let's just chase summer for the rest of the year, please. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about the news. Uh, first of all, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that Camping World was talking about, you know, they own Gander Mountain. They're make, building these new Gander Outdoor stores, reopening all these old Gander Outdoor stores. And we mentioned that we had heard that they were going to be selling RVs at some of them. We heard from the horse's mouth. Well, now we have more details. They are 
they're actually going to increase Camping World dealerships by 30% across the country with these new Gander outdoor stores and adding actual Camping Worlds next to them or as part of them. Wow. There are going to be a lot of new RV dealerships out there. But in a concentrated area, because they were just looking to fill in the gaps when they purchased Gander in places that they weren't already established in. So they're actually going to expand their reach across the country, which is pretty impressive. I mean, that's a 30 percent. That's a huge number of increase. They'll keep selling those RVs as long as people are buying them. And And people are buying them. Hopefully somebody will start doing the same thing. I'm waiting to hear KOA to say oh, we're increasing our campgrounds by 30%. Yeah. You know, hopefully somebody will start building a whole bunch of campgrounds because it's becoming a bit of a problem out there. I'd like our state and federal oh, campgrounds to get a little bit bigger as well, or just in some of the national forests, I would really love it if they would put some campgrounds in there, make yeah. them a little bit more accessible for the camper. Next in the news, we've talked before about Gateway Arch National Park. The Arch in downtown St. Louis, as well as the old courthouse, are combining to form a national park. There were national monuments before, and they've sort of rebuilt that entire downtown area. They've been doing it forever now. I would say almost two years, 18 months at least. I'd say it's been longer than that. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they've been taking their time. They're doing it right. Uh, the the official opening date, though, is July 3rd. It's about to open. Oh, my. Yeah. We were just that's so interesting because and I clearly there's a lot of things interesting to me this week. We were just talking about that because we're in the area and we thought maybe we should trek over there and check out the new visitor center. And now we can. We know officially that it's getting ready to open. And I think we're going to have to go up there and check it out. Yeah, I'm excited. We'll see what it's going to be like. I know you really love this park. I do. And then finally, we want to mention, as we do every week, our newest episode of the America's National Parks podcast is out. Yeah. And we picked this one kind of just as a a real personal pick because we really loved our time at the Glen Canyon National Recreation Area. And we wanted to do something on them because we feel like it's a little bit of a hidden gem. So we're going to talk this week about Lee's Ferry which was really the first ferry that gave access to the Arizona territories. Yeah, there's no there's no place to cross the Colorado River for 700 miles. This this was the only place where the flat land gets down to the river. When and you think about that in like wagon terms. <laughs> I know, right? That just seems when they came across that area where finally the river was close enough and there was the possibility. It just must have been like a euphoric moment. And it was still a very dangerous crossing. Very. Obviously, the Colorado River is uh, has quite a bit of power behind it. Just a little bit by the and you can <laughs> by, see that by the big scar carved in the middle of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's a, a steamboat, I think, that sunk yes. because it just couldn't keep up with the Colorado. And you can actually view that sunken steamboat there at Lee's Ferry. There's a hike that will take you right over to that, and which is very cool to see. I think now it's just the boiler that's sitting down in the water, but they don't want to move it because it will fall apart and it's over a hundred years old. We just loved our time there. We saw wild horses sort of frolicking in the river and there was nobody around. You're in these big red rock canyons and 
um, there, the campground was fairly full, but there was still just nobody around. We were on trails alone and it was wonderful. Yeah. And we've talked about our time there in a previous episode. So if you haven't listened to that and you're curious about Lee's Ferry in the Glen Canyon area, we'll drop that in the show notes. You can go over and listen. As well as the link to the America's National Parks podcast, which you can also download wherever you're getting this podcast. Naturally, that's what started this whole topic anyway. Uh, All right. Last week, I did an app recommendation and we got a lot of good responses from that. A lot of people were sort of interested and excited about that. So I thought maybe we would make it at least a semi-regular feature to the show. Jason really loves his apps. He could probably talk about apps for days. So it's no surprise that he has a second one this week. When I go to pick up Jason's phone and use it, there is probably pages upon pages of apps. The man doesn't organize them. He just dumps them in there. No, he doesn't organize them. Mine are all my phone. If you open it up, has little boxes of columns like this is social. This is entertainment. This is finance. Jason's is just, I don't know how you find, first off, I don't know how you find any apps once you download them. I mean, pull down and type in the first few letters and there it is. (laughs) I feel like our phones are sort of a metaphor for our lives. Like there's my phone that's very organized and everything has its place. And then there's your phone, which is just running free and wild. Like, (laughs) Hey, they say, they say highly effective people. Don't waste time on organizing. I don't know who they is. But. Who? Yeah. Who is they? Do they also want you to like fill your parachute? No, it's, like, and- it's like my email. My email. <laughs> I look at my email box. Uh, okay. So the notification count on my email on my phone no, right now. No, I can't. 63,244 unread emails. Jason, that is going to make me break out into hives. My email inbox, I think at this point, has like 125 unread messages. And I sit there and I'm always like, how can I get these off of here without wasting too much time doing this? See, that's the thing. You're wasting I, time doing it. I know. Just don't do it. Oh, Just let well, it go. I can't. I can't make like Elsa on this. <laughs> I really I don't have a lot of look as a parent, as a parent of three very busy boys and as an individual who has her hands in way too many pies. I don't have time to be as organized in all of my life as I would like. But I'll tell you what, I can get that iPhone organized. And one of these days I'm going to get that inbox organized. And if those are the only two things I can control in my life, I'm I'm good. All right. The app I want to recommend this week is All Trails. And there are a lot of trail apps out there. And this is certainly the big one uh, that, that a lot of people know about and use. We really love it partially because it's, It's important for us when we're looking for a trail to find, to get some solid information about it. We have kids that are scared of different things. We're scared of having our kids too near like cliff edges. And and uh, we want to know what the what the elevation change is going to be, how how much work a hike is, because there's a two mile hike can take an hour. It can take three hours. Yeah. If Ethan isn't feeling it. We're all going to be out on that trail for a while because that kid is going to drag his feet. So what we really love all trails for are the reviews. People put a lot of reviews in there. There are a lot of current reviews. You can usually go in and see a review uh, of of just a few days ago. It's like the Yelp of hiking. Yeah. So it's important when you go to a national park or something, there's 50 trails to choose from. It can be hard to choose them. And we found this very helpful to do. The All Trails app also gives you topographical maps. 
that you can download and use with your GPS, even if you don't have phone service wherever you are hiking, which is very common that you might not have phone service out in the wilderness, but you'll still have the map and it will still track your GPS location on that map. And you can record your hike. So you press the record button at the beginning of your hike and it follows you your route. It tells you how long, how, how many minutes per mile you're traveling, what your total time is. And you have a little red line on the map so you can follow it back if you need to. If you get lost, there are places like uh, like at White Sands where it's just sand and the trail is not. I mean, they, they can only mark the trail with these plastic markers and they blow down and disappear all the time. So we really love it for all that sort of stuff. The free version gives you a lot of info. You can only save three recorded trails in the free version and you can't download the maps. So it it's helpful. It, you get all the reviews. You can pick your trails with that. But the paid version is is beyond useful. It's really great, but it is kind of expensive again. Uh, as the one we mentioned last week was, uh, I promise I won't always mention expensive apps. And and this is not an advertisement. We get no kickback from this or anything, but it is two fifty a month, which they bill yearly. Uh, so it comes to about $30 a year. But the reason I'm mentioning it this week is if you go sign up, if you download the free all trails version and you, you create a login, you sign up, they're offering right now half off the pro version so you can get the pro version for $15 for the year. That's a great deal for this app. And one of the things I like about it too, including all the things you've mentioned is bless our national park rangers. We love you guys so much, but man, have you kind of led us astray on a few hikes. Yeah. And we have found ourselves out on a trail much longer than the ranger told us we would be out there. And so having this. Usually it's not the ranger. Usually it's a volunteer. Yeah. You know what? (laughs) That's off. But that's a very good point. I will admit I do not remember if it was a ranger or volunteer. I do believe, though, it was a ranger at Voyagers. It was not a volunteer. That's the thing. There are all kinds of rangers, too. Like, usually if you go to the information desk, Usually they're going to give you the proper information, but there are rangers that, you know, work a gift shop. <laughs> they might not have traveled all the trails and, True. and that sort of stuff, but it was a ranger at Voyagers. Yes. You're right. And this app will now allow us maybe to check a little verify. bit. More. We'll <laughs> still get that. the info from the ranger. Absolutely. Just verify a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. <laughs> just, just a second, because once you get about the three hour mark with our kids, it's time to get off the trail or it just gets a little stressful for all involved. All right. So that's our app recommendation for the week. We will link to that in the show notes as well. And we're going to take a break and come back with the answer to last week's brain teaser and get into some of our hot weather tips for your RV. Be right back. We are back with the answer to last week's brain teaser. This was a this was a simple, a short one. 
and went like this. At a party, everyone shook hands with everybody else. There were 66 handshakes. How many people were at the party? How many people were at the party, Jason? The answer is 12. Uh, And then I've got a big math explanation for why there are 12. But you could just take... (laughs) You could just take my word for it that 12 people all shaking hands with each other ends up being 66 handshakes. I am so good with taking your your word on this one (laughs) because we owe somebody an apology from last week as well, too. We do Uh, last week. So first of all, this week's winner is Kyle Sherman from Louisiana. Kyle will be receiving a dot all we wonder our last t-shirt. We didn't mention last week's winner. We didn't. And we did not realize it until someone actually pointed it out to us. So thank you, Howard, for pointing that out. We felt awful. So last week's winner was Blake Hoffer. Blake, <laughs> we're very sorry we missed you. We, we did send Blake an email, though. <laughs> it was just. It was just a busy week last week, but hopefully by now Blake has his t-shirt and he knows that we care. <laughs> if you do want to do the math to solve this problem, though. Oh, you are th- going to do I it. Think, okay. I think people will, will want to do this. Right. There's a big mathematical explanation, but what you can do is just use a hand calculator. You can add one plus two, which obviously equals three plus three plus et cetera, until you get to the last number you enter and you'll it'll come up with 66. With 66. All right. Fair enough. I was just over here sipping on my iced coffee while you did that. <laughs> All right. We are going to talk about some tips for beating the heat in your RV. Outside but- <laughs> of drinking iced coffee. <laughs> but first, this segment is sponsored by RV Health. Affordable access to healthcare is a major challenge for those of us who travel frequently. Thankfully, there's a new solution with RV Health. RV Health's online doctors can write prescriptions and even act as your primary care physician. You get a prescription discount for an average of 62% off of retail medication, plus vision and dental discounts, and so much more. And while not insurance, RV Health works as a supplement to your current plan or provides basic health care for those without. But the best part is that it is only $24 a month for your whole family. That's just $24 a month. Visit rvhealth.com slash rvmiles to get your first month for $1. That's no commitment to continue, just $1 for your first month. rvhealth.com slash rvmiles, all one word. All right. It's hot out there. How can we beat the heat in our RV? It is too darn hot. Even if you have air, if you're in a place where you can use your RV air conditioning and some RVs, so some small pop-ups, they don't even have air conditioning. But if you're in a place where you can use your air conditioning, it still gets hot in a lot of these RVs. They don't totally cool down like you would be in a house in some of them. I love the pictures on Instagram of people who have like partitioned off their RV yeah. and put up some sort of blanket or something and, and basically have been like, we're going to live in the front half of this RV with the air conditioner and we're not going to worry about the back because it's just too hot. Hey, and that's a great method. You can cut down the footprint of the inside of your RV to allow your air conditioner to just cool a smaller space. And we're going to mention another thing that will be helpful for that in a minute. But the first tip that we want to share is finding where you're going to park because that can really affect the amount of sun that's hitting your RV. 
if you're somewhere where there's no shade, sorry, this isn't going to help you that much. Although the direction you park facing the sun does make a difference. So you can park with your with the most windows that you have away from the sun. And that will help a lot. If you're having trouble with the with your refrigerator, keeping things cool in this weather, park with your refrigerator facing away from the sun and that can help keep your refrigerator cool. Yeah, I was thinking when we were in Fort Pickens, there was no protecting from yeah. the sun. But when we were in New Orleans and we were in that campground there, we had amazing shade over us. And it was actually hotter there. Yes. But, but we were cooler. But inside. we were cooler. Yeah. You can also, obviously, if you do have trees that you can park near, park near them with the south. It, even if the tree is not over your RV, if you have the tree on the south side of you, that's going to help a lot because the sun usually comes from the most part from the south side. You can also bring your awning out as much as possible. Your awning isn't just there to keep you cool when you're outside or to keep you dry when you're outside. Your awning will act as shade for your RV itself. So the sun doesn't hit the side of your RV and and warm it up. You can also bring extra tarps and make additional shade with them instead of only using your your uh, awning. Yeah, which can be a great option if you do find that you are boondocking or you're in an area where you are not given natural shade. If you can try and manufacture some for yourself, you will just be so glad that you did. Also, take a look at your roof. If your roof isn't clean and white and if it's like, you know, dark and dirty, got a lot of mildew and stuff up there, that that dark color can certainly hold in all the heat. The white, your white reflective roof is meant to reflect the sun's rays away and keep your RV cool. And it can really make a big difference just cleaning your roof. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why a lot of RVs are white in mm -hmm. color. And we passed a school bus conversion a few months ago and they had done their entire school bus black, which looked beautiful. But oh, my man. first thought was, mm -hmm. I hope you take that nowhere over like 75 degrees because it will bake. Well, people inside. wonder why only the biggest class A's have the dark colors available. And it's because a lot of them have four air conditioners. I'm always so envious when I look over at one of these massive class A's and they literally like every five feet have an air conditioner. <laughs> like it's either frigid in there and they're all wearing parkas or it just feels amazing. All right. The next tip is to cover your windows. A lot of the tips that you hear about to keep warm in the winter do the exact same thing in the summer and keep you cool. They're really just about insulating. If you close your window, just closing your blinds, closing your curtains can make a big difference. But if you really want to get the sun out of there, use the stuff that a lot of our viewers use. You've probably seen it in a campground. It's called Reflectix and you can get it at Home Depot or Lowe's or any home improvement store. And it's essentially silver bubble wrap and it's meant to sort of insulate things and you place it with the bubbles facing out and they it reflects the sun away and it keeps a little air barrier there that keeps your cool air from going out. You know, you can apply this to yourself as well, to your body. We were talking about this earlier. The 
idea that when the temperature outside is higher than your body temperature, it actually behooves you to wear more clothes. Yeah, not like coats, but like to cover your entire body because it holds your body temperature in. And if your body temperature is 98.6 and it's 105 outside, you want to keep the the 98.6 inside. You know, and you're in Death Valley and it's like 120. The same, you know, because that applies in winter too. We wear the layers to trap our body heat inside because our body is warmer than the air outside. We'll just do the reverse. You know, when I go out, especially on incredibly hot days and I'm going to go for a run, I actually wear a long sleeve shirt, not only because I want the sun protection, but also because I stay cooler when I have something long over me and the, the heat is not warming up my skin. Similarly, cover your shower skylight. If you have one of those RVs that has a skylight in in your shower. A lot of people don't realize why there's a skylight in the shower. And the reason is usually there's not enough height in the shower. So they put the skylight there to give you a little bit of extra height so tall people can stand in there. Yeah, it's just just cosmetic. But a lot of people have uh, have skylight covers for the winter and those work just as well in the summer to keep the sun out. Uh, And you don't need to you don't need to go out and buy a custom made one. You can also just stuff some reflectics up there or you can stuff anything up there, a pillow, tape it on there, blanket, whatever you might have that will help insulate a little bit because that direct heat, it's just turning your RV into a solar oven. Especially if you keep your bathroom door shut, yeah. then you're just heating this tiny little space yeah. and you don't really want to go in there. But you need to, but you don't want to. (laughs) It's like going into a really hot porta potty at a a summer festival. It's like being at Lollapalooza and having to use. Oh, man, I can't talk about that. I loved my Lollapalooza experiences, but I really don't want to have to talk about the porta potties. (laughs) I blocked it from my mind. If you're if you're boondocking or you're not somewhere where you can plug in and you can't use your air conditioner, some of the things you can do. Obviously, you're going to involve fans and and ventilation and just not being inside. (laughs) The best thing to do is to create a cross breeze. Those little RV fans, those fantastic fans are max air fans that a lot of RVs have in the roof. And we have one in our bus. They pull a lot of air. Yes, they do. And the reason they're up high is they can suck all that hot air that that rises right out of your RV. And we have ours positioned in the back of the bus, just right next to where our bed is. and. What we usually do is we then open the bus door and that and that is all the way at the other end. And you can immediately feel a strong draft come through just by opening that one door all the way up at the front. If you have that fan really going, it'll also bring all the bugs. (laughs) It'll suck them right in as well. But, you know, yeah, even if you've got (laughs) even if you've got, you know, everything sealed up in screens. Oh, they will find a way way. in those little teeny tiny gnats. They love the fan. If you have a propane fridge, not a residential fridge, propane fridges and and residential fridges to some extent uh, create the cooling power by by exchanging it with heat. So a propane fridge obviously has a fire on the back and there is hot air back there. So it's important to make sure not only for the efficiency of your fridge, but to keep your RV cool inside that the vents to the outside of your RV from your fridge 
are kept clear. And usually there's two vents. There's usually one below and one above, and they often both have a fan on them. You want to make sure those fans are working and clear. If your refrigerator hasn't been keeping cool, it's very possible that one of those fans is out. And they're just a simple little 12 volt computer fan. You can go buy one at Best Buy and replace them. But you want to make sure those are working and, and free and clear of debris. Switch to LED lights if you can. If you have those halogen light bulbs, all the newer RVs have LED lights. But if you have an older RV and it's got halogen light bulbs in it, Wow, those kick off a lot of heat. They really do. And if, if you can't afford to switch to LED, keep your lights off as much as possible. Just don't use them. Yeah. You know, I appreciate LED and I understand their usefulness. I am not a fan of the light that they give off. I'm going to be perfectly yeah, yeah. honest. I prefer the softer yellower light that you get from a traditional light yeah, bulb. Yeah, and you can get the warmer light LEDs, but they're still, it's not the same. It's not the same. But in a situation where you need to have lights on and you know you're just going to be in an incredibly hot environment, even if you just replace like one or two of your main lights, the ones that you know you need or you use a lot and just put an LED in those, that will definitely help keep the heat factor down. Yeah. You also want to kind of tailor your menu of what you're eating to the heat. Yeah. It's called a restaurant. (laughs) And that's where you eat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you can go to restaurants or you can cook outside a lot. Yes, you can. You know, that's that's really helpful to keep the heat out of your RV. But if you can't cook outside, you can also just cook things that don't take long in your RV. You know, or just have sandwiches. There's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. There is no shame in the sandwich for dinner game. No, the, absolutely. You know, sometimes I think or I'm in the impression that I must make a real a real dinner a real meal every night for my family like we must have you know a side and a main dish and you know when really my kids are very very content when I hand them a sandwich and I try really hard to not be like sandwiches are for lunch and then we need to have this nice big fancy dinner we just eat what we eat when we we eat too yeah yeah and but even if you don't want to do something cold, if you don't want to make sandwiches, do things that you can use the microwave. Microwave doesn't give off a ton of heat because it cooks quickly. Do something in the frying pan that's only going to take four or five minutes instead of, you know, turning your oven on. Yeah, but honestly, when it's hot like this, you're not looking you for a hot big food. hot meal. No, mm-hmm. you really are not looking to have a bowl of soup. Uh, if you're, you are if you are able to use your air conditioner, but it's not working so well, have it serviced. You'd be surprised at how much cooler an air conditioner will be once it's been cleaned out. You can do it yourself. You open, you take the cover off and you just clean everything off. There's dust all over it usually. And and once that's all cleared off, air conditioners work a lot more efficiently. Bring in your slides. Now, this is what I was mentioning earlier when I was talking about reducing the footprint that your air conditioner has to cool. So one option is, yeah, you can put up a curtain midway in your RV and you're you're only cooling half of it. But another option is to bring in your slides. If you have an RV that you can use with the slides closed or just one of them closed, whatever it might be, any slide that you can bring in, you're reducing the amount of area in the RV that needs to be cooled. Plus, you're reducing the outside footprint of the RV that is getting hit by the sun. So you can actually you can actually save a lot of cooling power by pulling in your slides. Yeah. And I think it's worth mentioning, too, that if you're in a campground and you're plugged in, 
it does help everyone in the campground if you try to minimize the amount of power that you're sucking to run your five air conditioners. <laughs> Some of these campgrounds, their electrical systems are a little old. Yeah, especially if you're on 30 amp, even if you're in a 50 amp RV or a 30 amp RV, if you're running on a campground's 30 amp, it just there's not a ton of capacity there. Yeah, and I remember a couple of times last summer when we were at Fish Lake that we had power outages. Yeah, and, and that's it, that's the worst. <laughs> that is that is so much worse than only running one of your five air conditioners. So, and finally, we kind of want to mention just take care of yourself. You know, you can keep the RV as cool as possible, but you also want to think about your your body and your person as well. So, if you're crazy like Abby, you can go out and hike <laughs> in the middle of the day, or you can do sort of your hiking and activity type stuff. During the early morning hours, during the early evening hours, when it's cooled off a little bit and the sun's not beating down on you. I would never take you guys with me. Yeah. I want to enjoy the hike. <laughs> Drink a lot of water. Stay completely hydrated. You know, put wet washcloths on you. When we were kids, we used to just go around in our underwear, spraying each other with squirt, squirt <laughs> bottles when it was really hot and we didn't have air conditioning. We have bought and we've mentioned this it seems like a million years ago, probably on one of our very first podcasts that you can buy those little spray bottles that are like a dollar yeah. and get them at the dollar store, target, whatever. Our kids love those. We just fill them up with water. Each one gets their own. They can spray themselves. They could spray each other. They are great for keeping cool in the summer and they are very inexpensive. So it, if one breaks because someone's throwing it around, which is likely to happen, it was a dollar. And if you're at a campground that would allow it or, you know, somewhere where water's not, at a premium, you can you can actually get those misters like the misters they have at theme parks. With oh, the big yeah, fan and stuff. yeah. They have we've seen them at Camping World. You, you attach them to your awning and mists underneath your awning and oh. you can sort of walk through the cool mist. Those things are so wonderful when you're at the zoo. For some reason, the zoo always feels like an incredibly hot place. Yeah. It's probably the black asphalt all over. But when you get to walk through one of those at the zoo. It's just, oh, it's so great. It's so great. If none of that is working for you, the one, the, your one final thing you can do, you're in an RV, it's got wheels, go somewhere else. Even if you're in Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada, there's higher elevations that you can get up into that might be 20 degrees cooler than where you might be. Yeah, you can make like a tree <laughs> and get out of here. <laughs> All right. Those are our tips for keeping cool in your RV. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, you know, s'mores around a campfire, which is not a cool activity. It's a hot activity. Yeah. Well, variety, Jason. Yeah. Variety. Yeah. We'll be right back. <laughs> Right, we are back and we are here to talk the quintessential camping treat s'mores. People had to wait 48 episodes to finally get the s'mores episode. <laughs> so <laughs> who doesn't love s'mores? Well, actually, there are people that hate s'mores, but there are. And if, you, if you do, no this isn't for you. Hey, they, they could be friends of yours. <laughs> we just don't know because we don't talk about s'mores. They don't bring them around. So 
this might not be your segment, but stick with us because maybe when we start talking wacky s'more ideas, <laughs> you might become a candied bacon individual. <laughs> so we're going to talk about how we make s'mores first and some cool different options. And then we've got a whole list of some some ways to spice up the s'more game a little bit if you if you're a little worn out on them. Are you looking to spice up your s'mores? <laughs> we got you covered. Uh, all right so when we make s'mores we actually usually avoid using a graham cracker actually we avoid it for the chocolate it's not because of the graham cracker we want to avoid using chocolate the chocolate bar is always the problem right it doesn't melt it doesn't melt often uh unless you do it you know you do it just right or you're willing to let it sit for long enough and and who's got that kind of time or desire to let a s'more sit in front of you for several minutes while the chocolate melts? And those darn Hershey bars are expensive. Yeah, they are. So we use fudge stripe cookies. And oh, so I know good. we're not the only ones. A lot of yeah, people do this as well. <laughs> this but, isn't brand new information. Everyone <laughs> listening is probably like, yeah, guys, so do we. <laughs> to kill two birds with the one stone. You get the EL fudge fudge stripe cookies and you've got the chocolate and not really graham cracker, but it's actually a, it's like a shortbread. It's like better maybe. shortbread type flavor that I like with this more a little bit better. I'll tell you what takes it to the whole other level. <laughs> I'm going to beat you to it. You put a Samoa or as we all should really still be calling them Caramel Delight Girl Scout cookie. I thought they changed them back to Caramel Delight. No, no, no. When I was a Girl Scout. It was Caramel Delights. And then somewhere in the last 10 years, this whole other generation now only knows of them as Samoas. But maybe recently they got wise to the fact that nobody likes that name. I don't know. But in my world, it's Caramel Delights. They're the cookie that I used to hide under my bed so I didn't have to share them with my brothers. (laughs) So these are like the, the chocolate and coconut and caramel. And you put a marshmallow with that? And it just it's it's really good. Let's just leave it at that. Okay, so so I've went I've went to the the good old Google interwebs here. Oh, good. Dr. Google's going to tell us. So on the Girl Scouts website, they are Caramel Delights slash Samoas. That's because (laughs) that is because everyone the Girl Scout is trying to sell this cookie to looks at them and says, those aren't Caramel Delights. And then everyone just gets really confused. So they actually sell them separately. They are made by two different factories. They're similar recipes, but not exactly the same. What? Interesting. Wow, that's very interesting. So if I was to order from a Girl Scout, I would have to ask her. Well, I think are you only selling the Girl con- Scouts in certain locations <laughs> yeah, can have the certain ones. Oh, yeah. I need to find out. Look, if you are a Girl Scout or you know a Girl Scout and you have been purchasing Caramel Delights, please let me know what area you are located so that I can just purchase from that troop. (laughs) We've also now been experiencing these new marshmallows that they have for s'mores. They're kind of like flatter, more rectangular shapes. Yeah, they're also as big as my head. So we have to tear them in half. (laughs) I you I don't think they're too big at all. <laughs> Jason doesn't have to tear them in half. Jason is completely content. The children and I, we have to tear them in half. It's just a little too much marshmallow. There, there are the shape though of you know a square s'more, and that that is, I find it to be useful. But part yes, of the fun is, is squishing down this cylindrical 
but marshmallow shape. I can't believe we can talk about this as long as we can. But here's the thing. I get why they make them flat now, because the heat can distribute faster yeah, and melt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because nobody likes when you bite into your marshmallow and it's nice and gooey on the outside, but the core center is still really formed. Yeah. yeah, it's such a it's just such a yeah, disappointment. And whether you're whether you burn your marshmallow or, you know, you you're patient like me. And, that has and broken up marriages. It. The great marshmallow debate that can like end a relationship. I like a nice golden toasty brown, but nobody likes the cold center. Nobody likes the cold center. (laughs) Nobody. All right. Let's talk about some of the crazy different ways you can plus up your s'more. Yeah, we have an article on RV Miles about this. We'll link to it in the show notes. We're not going to go through all of the ones that are in here, but I think we should each just pick like one or two of what we thought were our most out there. I would try that, but I bet it's really gross. Well, first, I want to mention one thing that I didn't put in in this article is a cool method that I've seen a lot of people do, and we haven't tried it yet, is putting mini marshmallows and chocolate chips inside a ice cream cone. Oh, honey, that is cone. that is so Pinterest 2010. <laughs> I know. I know it's been around. <laughs> I'm just saying. But what I like about that idea is it's nowhere near as messy as a regular s'more. Yeah. And that, they can get pretty darn messy. That is something I would much rather hand over to Henry and let right. him work through than giving him the graham cracker. Actually, here's a very interesting fact. As much as Jason and I are going on and on about our love for s'mores, our children are not big fan of the s'more. They would prefer to eat the marshmallow. the marshmallow yeah they want to deconstruct it they want to eat the marshmallow then they want to eat the chocolate and then they want to eat the graham cracker they do not like to have them mushed together all right so the first of these ideas is the banana split s'mores and i think this sounds fantastic what you do is you take a banana you run a knife down the middle of it not all the way to the ends and you kind of make a boat out of it leave the peel on and you slice it down the middle and then you put it in foil and you put mini marshmallows and chocolate chips inside the banana and you've sort of made a banana boat banana split and you got to eat it with a spoon or something like that but banana and s'more sounds pretty good to me i think it sounds really good i'm gonna go exactly where i knew i was gonna go when i looked at this list i'm going to the bacon posting because (laughs) this just sounds absolutely amazing it's a bacon weave s'more where you take candied bacon and you make it the the graham cracker base. Yeah. So you weave it into like a mat. Like yes. you, and then you cook it and ditch the graham cracker and the bread of your s'more <laughs> is two mats of bacon. So of listen, bacon. So if you're on the Atkins diet or you're trying to cut back your carbs, I just gave you the perfect dessert because you can go ahead and have your bacon and you can have your marshmallows and your chocolate. You just don't have to have the carbs. Or if you are gluten free. Just use bacon. Just use bacon in place of the graham cracker. <laughs> for 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 those of you that want to pretend to be healthy, uh, that like to pretend your dessert is is a little bit better for you than it actually is. One one option is the Nutella, or I should I say Nutella? It's properly pronounced. It's Nutella, Nutella. <laughs> according to the package. Nutella Nutella peach s'mores. And what you do here is you make a s'more. And you replace the the marshmallow with a peach that has cinnamon and sugar on it. It's grilled. Mm, that sounds good. I don't know if I can't count that as a s'more. 
S'mores got to have a marshmallow. Like if it's not, there's no marshmallow. It's not a s'more. Well, you don't like peaches though. And we have, it's peach season right now. And there are some amazing peaches in our refrigerator right now that, yeah, I could absolutely turn those into a s'more. (laughs) All right. This one, this one I love because it starts off by saying, are you someone who likes to take something simple and make it 10 times harder than it needs to be? And I was like, well, yes, of course I do. A sushi s'more. That just sounds so fantastic. And I'll be like Martha Stewart on Chopped and I will use my chopsticks to eat it. (laughs) So this is like s'more ingredients and then using like Rice Krispies as the rice and making a roll. How much A sushi roll out of s'mores. Because you could make a huge. That's a lot of work. Yeah, but listen, you could make a huge batch. So stick with me here. You make a huge batch and then you have this treat. For not just one dessert, but for your whole camping weekend, you could make a big batch before you even head out to the campground. And then you've got, especially if you're going to a campground where there's no fire, like you can't have a campfire, then you have brought the s'more and you have brought it in a handy little bite-sized sushi roll. Perfect. I really want to try the cotton candy s'mores. That is so disgusting. (laughs) I can't believe that's what the one you're going to pick. And maybe this is another s'more sin. It doesn't have chocolate. But what this is, is two graham crackers and a a gourmet strawberry marshmallow. I suppose you could get rid of the gourmet strawberry marshmallow and use a regular strawberry marshmallow. I think the word gourmet and marshmallow. I don't understand how those two words go together. After you toast the marshmallow and you put it on your graham cracker, you top it with a dollop of cotton candy and squish your your, uh, graham crackers on top of it. I think that sounds really good. All I... All I can feel or all I can think is like every single one of every tooth I have in my head right now is screaming, do not give me a cavity by sticking this in my mouth. <laughs> like It just seems above and beyond sweet. I can see why you like it because you are you love sweet, sweet, sweet things. Whereas I would prefer probably to make a s'more using French fries. <laughs> I'm the girl that likes to dip her Wendy's fries in the frosty. <laughs> I love the savory. This would not do for me. But if someone out there tries it, I would really like to hear about it. So what would you rather have? The s'mores nachos, the s'mores quesadilla, or the s'mores grilled cheese? Because we got Um, all three here. Yeah, we've got all three. I can eliminate the grilled cheese immediately. And I can say just from the pictures in this article... I would probably go with the s'mores quesadilla. The quesadilla looks good. So it's I, it, it uses two actual flour tortillas and you make it just like you'd make a quesadilla. You put some chocolate chips or Nutella in there and some mini marshmallows and grill it. But you put cinnamon and sugar. Yeah, that's the winner on the quesadilla or on the on the uh, tortilla part. Yeah, I think that sounds really good. Yeah, that's what does it for me is the cinnamon sugar aspect. The, they top theirs with more mini marshmallows and more chocolate and put it in the oven and heat it longer. That just looks like a mess waiting to happen to me. You know what? Delish is notorious <laughs> for taking their recipes just to a whole new level. But I think the s'mores nachos are a good idea, too, though. I mean, essentially, you're making a dip out of chocolate and marshmallow and you use those cinnamon sugar pita chips to yeah. to eat it with. I think that's a cool idea. You could do that with churros too. Hey, the the grilled cheese though. I there it sounds gross. But they use mascarpone. I don't even know that's how you pronounce it. 
mascarpone. Mascarpone. I heard it. I've heard people <laughs> pronounce the E's on the end. What do they say on the Great British Baking Show? How, whatever they called on that, that's how it should be. But said. that that cheese, that's you know, it it goes good in desserts. They use that and and some Nutella and marshmallow fluff and graham cracker crumbs, and they make a grilled cheese with that. And I I think that would be really good in one of those pie irons. Yes. So, no. <laughs> <laughs> so there are a few more recipes on the article. We'll leave it at that. You could. You can go check it out and you can see the s'mores burger. Yeah. With s'mores burger. With red velvet onion rings. We'll yeah. Just, we'll just tease it there. You can go find that on the website. Yeah. Jason dropped in a bunch of videos, too. So it's not just pictures. You can watch those. You know how everyone likes to watch the time lapse now of things being made. You could just yeah. do that with s'mores all day long. Yeah. Here's a hint. The s'mores burger looks disgusting. <laughs> it does look pretty gross. All right. That is our s'mores rundown. Let's wrap this episode up with a brain teaser. With a sweet little brain teaser. Abby has this week's. Go ahead. I do. It's been a while. Two camels were facing in opposite directions. One was facing due east and one was facing due west. They were in the desert, so there was no reflection. How can they manage to see each other without walking around or turning around or moving their heads? So they can see each other. They need to see each other. How do they? I don't know. I don't know. Well, you'll just have to read the answers as they come in this week. All right. We will have the answer to that brain teaser and a whole lot more on next week's RV Miles podcast. We sure will. Thank you so much for joining us this week. And as we ask every week, if you are enjoying the podcast, we would so appreciate it if you would share with your friends, your families, and when you are around the campfire making s'mores. We would also love a five-star review over on Apple Podcast, formerly known as iTunes, or wherever you are listening to us. And until then, have a great week, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Keep logging those RV miles. Bye.